Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Because the RCMP had concerns that um, two individuals, John Nuttall and Amanda Corody, um, were planning on carrying out a terrorist attack on the uh, legislature in uh, in British Columbia. So now the, the judge ruled, the judge has ruled, that the police went beyond what they're entitled to do in their anti-terrorism engagements. So, that I find that disturbing. I, I, I know you can't set somebody up and then just drop them. But Scott Newark would know a lot more about this than I than I do, former Crown Attorney in Alberta and former Executive Director of the Canadian Police Association and was an advisor to the Federal Government of Canada and the Ontario Government on terrorism after 9-11. So I want to talk to Scott about that and something else I want to talk to him about. The war on cops. Had another police officer murdered in San Diego uh, yesterday. And um, there are these, and I've talked about them, these morons dangerous morons wandering the streets in in mobs screaming what do we want dead cops when do we want it now and who's walking alongside them essentially sort of keeping them in line but also providing security for them police officers and i was talking to a friend i haven't said this yet but i was talking to a friend in the united states who has a good friend who's a cop and he told me that this good friend of his is getting pressure from his family. This is a police officer who's been in, in the business long enough to qualify for a pension, but wasn't ready to leave. But he's getting pressure from his family to quit because of the war on cops. Because they want dad to come home at night, and they're not so sure that's going to happen now. Scott, when you hear that, that's not an isolated situation, is it? No, and it's um, it's certainly something that appears to be spreading, and I, th- I think that's among the most worrying things. You and I have been talking uh, criminal justice. I was thinking about this, Roy, for you know uh, probably around 25 years, and I don't ever recall when what you could even generically describe as you know uh, uh, people expressing concerns and outrage and protest over police conduct. I don't ever recall it going to this stage of where, in effect, it's become politicized, it's become like a quotation marks political movement, and that includes literally calling for violence against those same police officers. That, to me, is unique, and it's, uh, I think, especially disturbing because it's increasingly sophisticated. It's going on, uh, I can tell you, it's going on in Ottawa today. There's a, uh, a, a guy named... Uh, uh, Abdurrahman Abdi, who was uh, uh, apprehended by the police and uh, who has died, um, they don't know exactly what it was or why it was that he is dead, but it has generated similar kinds of protests. I was just watching a video clip, and it's to the point where, because of the protest, the Ottawa police station is shut down. I knew the protest was taking place. I know his brother has spoken out. And there's concern about what happened to Mr. Abdi. That Absolutely. He was in police custody, and that he died in, in police custody. But 
I didn't know what's been happening today. Yeah, although, you know, the one thing that, that has to be kept in mind about all of this, um, and it, it is legitimate, you know, that people are making complaints about the police conduct and everything, and that, that is a fundamental principle of our system, is that we have civilian oversight and that police are held accountable for their actions. That's all entirely appropriate. Right. But this assumption that somehow, you know, um, race is dominating the way police do things, to me, and look, again, that is a legitimate issue to be explored and not to be tolerated in any way whatsoever, but people need to always keep in mind that the encounter between the police and the individuals in question, whether it's uh, Sami Yatim or whether it's this uh, Abdurrahman Abdi, the police didn't go looking for a particular person or a person of a particular race. They had the encounter with the individual not because of who they were, but because of what they were doing. And that's something that I think gets, gets overlooked in a lot of this, in the analysis somehow that, you know, this is all some terrible thing and that the police, therefore, it's, and it would be one thing if it was just, you know, the police should be held to account, but we, we have seen to have been going, I don't think it's reached that point in Canada yet, but it's going to that stage in the United States of, and calling for violence against the police because they are police. Yeah. It's very dangerous. Well, you know, I was, uh, I'll talk to you about that Freddie Craig case in Baltimore that created yeah. so much um, disturbance, public disturbance, rioting. And I will, I will tell you, Scott, what, what I, when I first heard about the Freddie Gray case, I was very concerned about what happened to that young man in that van. It just sounded to me like, sounded to me like these cops had been responsible for the death of Freddie Gray. It just sounded to me like that. So... That was my that was my Im- immediate sort of gut response. As the as you found out more about about the case, and you found out more about the prosecutor Marilyn Mosby, correct. More questions started to be raised, and now what's happened is that each officer who has been taken to court and been uh, and then tried, including murder charges, uh, found not guilty, and then on earlier this week, all the charges against the other I think it's five, three, three or four officers. I, I don't how many? Six in Six. total. Six in total. Yeah, three uh, of whom, by the way, are black. Right. So all the charges were dismissed by Correct. by the very same prosecutor, Marilyn Mosby, who still issued a political statement after dismissing the charges, and now five of the officers are suing her in civil court. Yeah, well, see, that that's part of what I think is, is concerning about this, is that this is somehow being perceived as a political issue, and people from, you know, all different kinds of interests are looking at the what they perceive to be uh, the political interest in taking one position or another. And that's unfortunate because, you know, our tradition in Canada and the United States, of course, is that the police are not a politicized entity. They literally work for to protect and uh, promote the public safety of all citizens. And to see the, the notion of policing, and that's what I find particularly disturbing in the United States, it's the, it's the very notion of policing that somehow is coming under attack. Uh, that's that's bothersome, and that goes to a larger, I think, a larger political agenda uh, that you touched on as well, too, when they're actually reaching the point of calling for violence and harm against police officers, and hello, take a look, guess what? It's actually starting to happen, right, in Baton Rouge and in Dallas, okay? Uh, and there are organizations, the shooter in Dallas apparently had direct links into the new Black Panthers. Um, you, know, you know, Roy, another aspect of, of this that is new that I think exacerbates this, is that we live in a world now where literally everything is on video 
and, you know, available to the public within uh, minutes, and that that inflames this politicization of everything. And that's a reality we're simply going to have to deal with. So, what's, uh, so what I'm really interested in here, Scott, is watch the response from the police. Watch the response. I'm not talking about the police brass. I'm not talking about the, the management teams, the top, the chief and the deputy chief and the commissioners and the deputy commissioners. I'm talking about the officers on the ground, the cop who goes out on the street, the man, the woman who puts on their, you know, the uniform, puts on the utility belt, gets the gun, gets the badge, goes out to protect society. And if you ever want to find out how messy things can be, be without those people for 24 hours. Correct. I saw it in Montreal when I was in my early 20s, when the police in Montreal walked out. It instantly turned into a free-for-all of madness until the Sûreté Quebec and the army, some elements of the army came in. But the Sûreté Quebec, it took them quite a while to get there. The place was crazy. So what yeah, is the response? That, that has happened in the United States as well, too, hasn't yeah. it? So, the so response Scott, is... You know, supposedly a protest that turns into looting and and riot. So, what's the response of the, what's the response of the of the of the of the street cop? I just told the story about the person I know in the states who has a friend who's a cop whose family is telling this officer because he qualifies for pension now. Don't keep going back to work. You qualified for your pension. Stop it. Hand in your uniform. Hand in your badge. Hand in your gun. We want you with us. We don't want you in 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 additional danger. Is this is the is the thin blue line going to become thinner because cops are going to say, "I don't need this." Um, generally speaking, and again, I want to stress that I think that uh, the situation in the United States is uh, significantly, of course, worse than what it is in Canada. Of course, number one. Number two. Uh, no, most police officers, certainly that I still uh, deal with. Uh, got into this uh, profession for a, a particular reason and a belief about uh, the uh, the value in the work that they actually do. I want to put one little caveat on that, though, Roy. I think the most uh, uh, difficult part of this and the biggest challenge and therefore threat is when police look to their organizations for support and they find themselves thrown under the bus. Well, this is something I'm going to talk about tomorrow because I have joining me and it's exclusive to this program, a 20-year-plus police veteran and the same force, major metropolitan force in this country, who's going to talk about the bullying, the abuse, and what happened when this police officer, woman police officer, went and asked for help. So she's going to tell the story here on this program exclusively tomorrow. Well, if it happens to be uh, the RCMP, it I think exemplifies the it's reason not. of why it's a good idea to have independent employee representation, yeah. because it helps officers who are doing the right thing stick up to management that's not. It's not the RCMP. I've talked to the RCMP many, many times on this program, including Toya Montague just last Sunday. So, Scotty, hold on. We're going to come yeah. back with Scott Newark on the Roy Green Show on the Corus Radio Network, former executive director of the Canadian Police Association. That's the union for cops in Canada, the street cops. And uh, former Crown Attorney in Alberta, also security advisor uh, to the federal and the Ontario governments on terrorism after 9-11. And he did a lot of work as well in uh, in Washington, D.C. on uh, the terrorism issue. So my question to you at 888 888-225-8255, 888-225-8255, 416-870-6400, 416-870-6400. Uh, 
is this. If you're a police family, if you're a cop, if you're a police officer, or a member of a police officer's family, are you considering turning in your badge and your gun because of the manner in which police are being disparaged? If you're a member of a police family, would you be urging the police officer in your family to turn in his or her badge or gun because you're worried about the safety of your family member and because you're worried about that family member, the police officer, getting fair treatment. And I'm not talking about James Forcillo, and I'm not talking about Sammy Yatim. All right? I have no trouble with, I personally have no problem with Forcillo going to jail. I'm talking about the average, if there is such a thing, police family. If you're a police officer, has it crossed your mind to walk away from the job because of what's been happening, because of the what do we want now, dead cops, when do we want it now, chance. I know it's in the U.S. mostly. But there's been a lot of nasty things said about police in this country. Do you need that? If you're a police officer, I know the pension's good. I know the benefits are good, as they should be. But has it come to the point where you're thinking to yourself, maybe occasionally you're talking to your partner, talking to your fellow officers, and you're saying, who needs this? 888-225-8255-416-870-6400. And if you're not thinking of leaving, why are you staying? Why do you care about being a cop? 888-225-8255-416-870-6400. And if you're a member of a police family, do you want the police officer in your family to consider another job? Give me a call, 888-225-8255-416-870-6400. I know it's generally tougher for police to, uh, to call in. They don't like doing that. They don't. They've told me that. But do it anyway. Are you thinking about maybe turning it in because of what's been going on? And if your husband, your dad, your uncle, your mom, your aunt, your police officers, you want them to quit or think about it? Have you had the conversation? 888-225-8255-416-870-6400. You don't have to give us your real name. You don't have to tell us where you're calling from. We don't need to know that. We don't. But give me a call. 